love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. This is a true Canadian love story. We were meant to be together. I can't imagine my life without you. Honestly, he's a light of my life. It's nice to be in that tractor beam of love. I'm her biggest fan. I think I knew I'd lost my heart again. I knew I wanted a marriage like that. Difficult roads can lead to very beautiful destinations. Well, love is the most important thing. We walked along a beach in Jamaica, just the two of us, uh, found a tree that we thought looked half decent, stood under that with the waves crashing, and said, said I do. And we read, read our vows. We're open to things going awry or things being out of the ordinary. It's really the space that we thrive in. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. This week's love story belongs to Mike and Kristen from Nova Scotia. Theirs was a chance meeting before a fundraising concert on a frigid February night, but things warmed up fast when these two artists laid eyes on one another. Their genres are different, but like the relationship that blossomed between them, Mike's songs eventually married Kristen's paintings. The offspring of all that creativity? A fun new book called You and Me, travel, misadventures, and love around the world. These two are most at home when they're away on freewheeling escapades, but we were lucky enough to get them into our studio for this episode. This is the Canadian Love Map. Kristen and Mike, I'm excited to talk to you because, for one, you're podcasters. And I don't know that I've really had podcasters on the podcast before. We we are very new to the game, though. We just released our fourth episode yesterday. Woo. Awesome. I would love to know how the two of you met. We met on a very cold February night. It was February 16th, uh, over 10 years ago now. Yeah, and I think I think we can rewind it back even a little bit further where I got an email from a young girl named Kristen Harrington and it was an email to my my band account. I'm a musician and this person was asking if we'd be interested playing a gig in two days because another band had dropped out. And I believe uh, we found out later they got a better gig. And so at, at this point in my career, we were pretty, pretty young and starting off and we were trying to play as many gigs as possible. So we, we'd open up for karaoke. We'd play on Tuesday for uh, a banquet after a Adam hockey game. You know, we'd play any type of gig and... Uh, the, we said we said yes to a gig with no pay, and we we were one hundred percent in. And well, now I know how you felt about that opportunity. <laughs> so, <laughs> so not only was your ego not bruised that you were the fill in, and it was short notice, you weren't even getting any pay. There was no pay, but uh, we were going to an art fundraiser, 
and uh. for the Gambia. And I, I to be honest, didn't know what the, the Gambia was at this point. And I thought it's maybe... I write about this in our book, actually. I thought it sounded like to me that it might be some type of ailment or disease, like someone has the Gambia. And I'm like, oh, well, if I've, I'll help out anyone who's in a situation where they might have a, a disease. So I, I said yes to it. And we showed up. It was the coldest day of the year, February 16th. I walked in carrying a guitar in each hand, snot dripping down my face. I was beat red. And Kristen came to the door, and that's when I met her and laid eyes upon her. And of course, it was love at first sight for me, given <laughs> your described appearance. But I, I really was grateful that uh, the town heroes, Mike and Bruce, showed up for me that evening. It was a fundraiser, which in part speaks to why there was no payment. But I have since learned in the creative industries that uh, it is important to compensate. So that's been a lesson learned. But I also remind him that he got a pretty good gal out of the deal. I, I so. did. I, I certainly did. <laughs> that's a good deal in itself. Absolutely. <laughs> you should be paying her I, for that. I'm on your now. side. I, I try to every day in different ways. <laughs> okay. So how did the romance develop? Well, this was quite funny, the aftermath of this evening, because I think we both kind of had a shining for each other, but Mike at the time didn't have a cell phone, and he lived in Cape Breton, and I was here in Halifax, so our communication was limited to me texting his bandmate to try and flirt with him, essentially, which I think was probably uncomfortable for everyone, but I went for it anyways, and we would communicate through email after that. So it was, in hindsight, a really beautiful way to get to know one another, having that kind of old-fashioned communication and having a little bit more control over the words that you were using. So it ended up being pretty romantic and uh, a really great way to get to know one another. And we had our first date maybe a month or two after that. And just felt so much more comfortable being in one another's presence, having a little bit of that conversation behind us. Especially because you'd had the secondhand flirting out of the way. Yeah, I don't know if I would recommend the secondhand flirting, but it worked for us. <laughs> and what was that first date when you finally got together? So this is actually another chapter that we've written about in our book. So our book talks about travel and love stories. It sort of weaves back and forth between those alternating our, our voices telling the stories. And one of those stories does capture the first date in Mike coming to my apartment. It was um, St. Patrick's Day. And I had been given the advice that I should bake something because men like fresh baked food. <laughs> And I had this old expired bag of muffins in my cupboard and a blackened tin that was probably three generations old. And I was nervous and frantic trying to get everything ready for him. He was he showed up late. No, we, no. We I, still I was on don't time. agree on this point, but he showed up late. <laughs> the muffins, by the time he got there, were on fire, more or less, like smoke <laughs> billowing out of my stove. I'm just a disaster. I was just in the opposite state of what you would want for somebody that you've got a crush on showing up at your door. But we kind of smoothed things over. He came in, he ate four or five of the muffins. He said he liked them, and I figured if he ate that many of them, that was true. Uh, I had rented a terrible movie, which was also very embarrassing. 
Uh, but it actually all of these mishaps ended up being the things that we laughed about and connected on on that first date. And I think kind of let us be more comfortable and show our true colors. So sometimes those those circumstances end up being a good thing after all. Yeah, well, well, ultimately, the, the movie brought us really together because it was this really weird indie uh, indie flick that's that was touching on themes of uh teenage cults and uh <laughs> there's a lot of weird stuff going on in this movie but we instantly Kristen was mortified and I started dying laughing <laughs> and then we just kind of made fun of the movie and kind of let her real personality show and also the the pictures when we were Kristen had found out she had been to my hometown in the past before and she had gone out to see a band uh 10 years earlier and she had pictures from that night. And as we were going through those pictures, I realized that the band she went to see was my band. And she had a picture of me in the background on stage playing guitar from uh, many moons before. Yeah, that felt oh, serendipitous. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, serendipitous is right. Okay, so where did it go from that first night? And I love what you said about the little things that went wrong somehow make the evening more real, right? So it, it takes away the facade a little bit. The next date was, what, another month later or so? It was. Yeah, we were living apart, so there was a gap of time in between those first few dates, but certainly our sense of humor came out that evening, which is something that we have in common and that has really developed over time. It's part of our life, it's part of our artwork. Uh, Another funny side note to that first and second date is that Mike arrived wearing a T-shirt with a Dole banana logo on the front and a pair of surfer shorts of some some kind. And so I, I had spent, of course, hours picking out my outfit. And on our second date, I again, you know, p spending time picking out the outfit and Mike arrives and he's wearing the exact same thing. And I thought to myself, like, th this wasn't necessarily a showstopper outfit in the first place. It was much pretty less good. Wearing it, was, it twice, but nice dull T-shirt. Beautiful. Yeah, he still has okay. it. Is that like a hockey player not wanting to shave their beard? Was that your lucky outfit from the first date? Oh, uh, honestly, I, I just don't think I realized that I did wear it on the first date. <laughs> <laughs> it was clean both occasions. Yeah. That was the only requirement. And what did your father wear on his first and second so, dates? So very oddly, my father on his first date wore a, a matching suit with charging buffalo print on it. Like that's a memorable suit to wear. And I'm going to need to see a picture of that. Yeah, I, I, would, I wish I owned it now. But and, and on his second date, he arrives wearing this same suit. And it's something my mother and I laughed about for years, just... What was he thinking? And here, my husband did the same thing. So I don't know if it's something in the blood that we're attracted to this odd fashion behavior. Cons consistent. But yeah. He's reliable. He's reliable. And so given that, it must have been kind of magic when you started combining your creative talents. So what was the collaborative process like in that? 
Well, I so I had a bunch of songs I wanted to record, and I'm I'm working in my studio, and Kristen would would come in and listen to the song as it's progressing, and she would she would ask, or she would first try to give her opinion on what she what the song meant to her, what feelings it brought up, and what what ideas it it kind of brought forth in her mind, and I would tell her what area I wrote it from and the what perspective it was coming from and then she would go take all that information and craft her version off the song so she's capturing the essence of the song in painting form and ultimately they go together now she's using uh, abstract art but at the same time like I have one song called John Coffee, which was a character from the the book and the movie The Green Mile. And the song is actually a love song. I played it on our, our wedding day. <laughs> but she she took green as a base of the color in that because in the movie uh, John Coffee's when he takes the bad away from people, he he there's this green light that emanates. And so there's there's these just little things that she would pick up on from what my songs meant to me. And she would take that and create what, what it meant to her. So Mike, would you pop your head into her studio while she was working on those pieces or would you wait and see what emerged? Yeah, it's, I, I'd love seeing the, the process of it and the way, the way she creates is it's not the the canvas, like uh, you you would imagine an artist is sitting there with a brush and painting and picking away at it day by day. She she works pretty quick and it's mixing all these potions together. And uh, anytime I can be there to, to watch it, I, I certainly enjoy that. And a lot of the paintings, I I was uh, I was right there for it. But um we, we, each, we each, again, like you said, have our own little space where we're, we're bringing these things to life. And it, uh, yeah, it felt like a really special project. And we're it, so glad we got to do it. Now it's morphing into just a, a full life of this. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. Um, I, I really love the way your creative collaborations have taken you into podcasting now and your Instagram feed is so great. I just love <laughs> it. It makes me smile. And I think that's maybe the greatest compliment I can give a social media post that it just makes me feel good and it makes me smile every time and often chuckle uh, in reverence for your creativity as well, I should say. Um, but thank you. <laughs> it's also taken you into that book, which is very much about travel. And I'd love to know your philosophy of travel as a couple, given what we've been talking about. Well, we're both really easygoing people in general. So we, we've, I think in a lot of our travels, like, like Kristen was talking about embracing the unknown, we try, 
we try to just be able to 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 get out there and experience things as much as possible and not have things to weigh us down and something as literal as having like extra luggage or something do you both agree on a favorite trip oh gosh well we never we never talked about our uh, elopement yet uh, which should probably be something to, good to get into and oh yeah that's where i screech the brakes <laughs> <laughs> elopement please <laughs> yeah. yeah we uh we it happened in jamaica and so I mentioned we had met on February 16th with uh, my red face and runny nose uh, <laughs> on the coldest day of the year. But five years to that exact date, we we walked along a beach in Jamaica, just the two of us, uh, and found a tree that we thought looked half decent, stood under that with the waves crashing and said, said I do. And we read, read our vows and we, we, we didn't, we didn't have anyone with us. We didn't have a photographer. We had to ask a, a drug dealer in the water to come out and take our picture. <laughs> <laughs> and that trip is special because of that moment. Like I wouldn't say that. And we were at a, a, an all inclusive and that's not how we typically like to travel, not there's anything against it, but that moment obviously will always be special to us. So you're telling me you had a tree for an officiant yeah. and a drug dealer for a photographer. Correct. Yeah. All the women out there, if you would like a wedding planner, I feel like I'm your gal. <laughs> An off the beaten path wedding. Yeah. And- oh, actually, that could be a book right there. Uh- That's right. The sequel. We had uh, bacon for our wedding meal later on, buffet breakfast, and we found a band playing on the beach, and we just pretended all the songs were for us. <laughs> but I think that story just speaks to our style of relationship. Like, we're really kind of, we find the humor in things. These all make for great stories. We would not have the book that we do without these experiences, so we're open to things going awry or things being out of the ordinary. It's really the space that we thrive in. So it's okay that a drug dealer took our wedding <laughs> photos. We did just this past summer. We have two great friends who are exceptional photographers and they they heard this story and, and that we don't have wedding pictures. And they're like, we want to throw you the most amazing wedding shoot. And they did. And we have pictures uh we have magazine worthy wedding photos now yeah they're just what a great gift yeah Yeah. so kind when did the idea for the book come up bubble up we were actually on a trip we were in uh, la walking along venice pier and we were just reflecting on all of the places we had been and some of these funny stories like we've just talked about the mishap stories and we realize that a lot of people come home from vacation and they're showing you all of these perfect moments and posting on Instagram with their filters and look how wonderful this experience was. And those are nice too. But we we realize not many people are telling the truth, like the real grit of what travel, at least in our style, looks like. Right. And once we landed on that as a bit of a theme the stories just started pouring out and we had a number of encounters that were similar to what we call mishaps or in the title of the book misadventures 
And so it, it made for this whole collection of these types of off the beaten path places we had been and random people we had met. And we wove that in with some of our relationship stories because that same theme really is our whole life, be it traveling or meeting the parents or our first date. Hmm. That's interesting. It was almost like compound interest. Once you were writing for the book, it was it was uh, you were inviting those misadventures and embracing them even more. Yeah, well, I guess the good thing was that they had all already happened because we got home from that trip and with a full head of steam to, to write and we well, like I said, ordered that little timer to uh, to be able to sit down and work with. And then this thing, I don't know if you've heard of it, called the COVID-19 pandemic hit. So oh, we, were, yeah. we were in L.A. Yeah. It was February, the end of February. We got back home and then the world shut down. And that's when we, I guess, really tried to capitalize on the time that we had and wrote like crazy and... It, the stories, yeah, had already happened. So we had this abundance of memories and journals and video clips that, that we could go through. And a lot of the stories were ones we'd tell at parties or just to our friends. So it wasn't, we didn't have to dig too far for them. We just had to capture them in written form in the best way possible. You know, they say opposites attract and sometimes when couples travel that is true you see the opposite kind of personalities one person <laughs> might be more freewheeling where the other the other one's a little bit more neurotic um, you're so lucky that you're both freewheeling yeah. and that brings a lot of fun and joy obviously what are you going to freewheel into next what's in the future for your creative collaboration collaboration that's like you're going to collaborate each other yeah collaboration <laughs> columbia yeah so we have recently been accepted into a writer's residency in columbia uh we'll be leaving early may and we will be there for a full month in the outskirts of bogota it's about two or three hours out in rural mountainous beautiful columbia and we plan to start our second book we get three me three on. meals a day there. Mike's really excited <laughs> about the three meals a day, more than anything else. But so we don't have to do anything but write. It's it's heaven. <laughs> wow! I used to work in news, and they would call this burying the lead. Like that is big. That is big. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah That's we haven't. Fantastic. We haven't really talked about that much yeah. just yet. Uh, making sure that our logistics are lined up, but things are in really good shape. We've got our flights and travel and everything booked. So. It's a green light on that project, and and most recently we've launched a podcast called Mike and Kristen, where uh, we're talking about following our dreams, which this big life change that I've recently undergone kind of kicked off episode one, and in, in that I talk about the inspiration and in, in leaving that nine to five and stepping into this unknown world and all the things that come with that. Uh, we're also talking about chapters from our book and some of those travel misadventures. We just had our first guest interview this week. So it's going really well. It's a new project, a new collaboration for us. And so far, it's just been so refreshing. We've loved the conversation and look forward to all the people we'll meet by doing so. Well, I've tuned you in and I hope others will as well. I want to know, 
and this is often how we wrap up our our episodes. I want to know what you each love most about the other. And I have to say, I have some suspicions, but I'm also very curious to hear your answers. <laughs> and I would like to nominate Kristen to go first. Sure. This is an easy and a hard question to answer. Hard in that I, I truly could provide you with a list of my favorite thing. But I think from day one, Mike has shown up for me and been supportive to me in a way that I would never expect anyone to do. Most of our stories are these mishap stories. One that comes to mind just because you've asked that question. Uh, it's a story that we call the things he does for others. And we were walking on the beach in Thailand one night and there was a, a young woman in a wheelchair and her friends were sort of in the distance playing on the beach and we didn't share the same language as her, so we weren't able to communicate in English, but we could recognize just through observation what was happening. And her friends were kind of small, young girls, and they just weren't able to take her with them. And Mike saw this in her, like I'll tear up just telling the story, I'm sure, but he he pushed her probably 200 meters, you know, in a wheelchair in the sandy beach, like those things are not compatible. Like, just exhausting getting her was, over there. She was pretty light, though. But she, I mean, the the gratitude and the excitement and the appreciation that she had. And then me on the beach just so smitten by this gesture he had made. And that story ends with, if this is the things he does for others, imagine what he would do for me. So, yeah. Yeah, that's just pure human kindness. Yeah. And that's that's him. Oh, that's so great. Mike, that's a tough one to follow. Well, I think just from what I ex described in that first date, how just Kristen was able to adapt so, so easily and so well to a situation that wasn't going her way and laugh about it. Like her, her sense of humor and her ability to smile and her physical smile I like a lot too I may I uh, I try to duplicate her smile a lot she has a, a much nicer smile than mine or all her teeth show and I try to do it but I, I can't quite but her, her just her e how easygoing she is and how she's able to just take a situation that a lot of people would find challenging and just just move move forward with it and and my when I met her like I didn't have a phone I didn't really have a place I was living I was just a musician trying to get by and that wasn't something that or isn't something that a lot of people would find <laughs> find I guess attractive in 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 certain ways but she just always accepted me for who I was and that put me at ease in every way. And that's that's all I think anyone ever really wants is just to feel comfortable and feel like they can be their true selves and not have to change anything. And she, from, from day one, when I walked in and I saw that beautiful smile, I just felt that she, she just warmed my heart in the every way possible. 
thank you both so much for being with us today. This has just been a treat. I can't honor. wait to see what you do next. Uh, thank you so much. It's really our honor to yeah, be here and to honored. meet you. I mean, you're a familiar face from our, our childhood and our lives, and we're just so excited and proud to be here with you. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. This has been a Podstarter production. production.